0: All right, guys, coming up, you'll hear my interview with Barry Aldridge, Vice President of the Savannah Bananas. Barry and I sat down uh, late in May and talked about a lot of things. Um, This is a bonus episode for you guys. So Barry and I will touch on a number of things, including, uh, but not limited to, uh, Barry's college stats while at Armstrong State University, some notable stats that we had to pick out and ask him about. Uh, We'll ask him about the Savannah Bananas' upcoming plan, given coronavirus um, and how they'll proceed as their season is set to start on July 1st. We'll ask them about manager Tyler Gillum returning, uh, how he likes working um, in one of the most historic stadiums at Grayson Stadium, one of the most historic stadiums um, in the entire country, um, and how that backdrop kind of uh, parallels with the Banana's effort to really be the opposite of old school um, and they're doing so in a stadium that is definitely old school. So hope you guys enjoy this interview. We'll be back uh, next week with Spencer and I um, talking about a bunch of sports. Make sure you guys share on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Hashtag HGP. Um, and you can follow along at Podcast Grits on Twitter. Here's my interview now with Barry Aldridge, Vice President of the Savannah Bananas. All right, we're joined now by Barry Aldridge, vice president of the Savannah Bananas. Uh, Barry and I have known each other for a while now and worked together uh, in various different roles, but Barry has worked his way up uh, with the Bananas, who have obviously taken over the baseball scene in Savannah and around uh, all of baseball, it seems like, every summer. Now, um, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know all about the Savannah Bananas, but we'll delve into uh, what the Bananas have planned this summer, um, how Barry kind of wound up where he is right now, uh, some of his more notable college baseball stats, and uh, some other stuff just baseball related for this baseball episode. So Barry, first off, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. All right, I got to ask
1: you off the rip, though, uh, what are some of the perks of being vice president? You get, you get, uh, you get your own parking spot. No, no parking spot. We try to leave all the good parking spots up front by the office for the fans. Uh, um, I mean, there's a million perks. I I get to come to work every day and be around people that I I really like. I get to, uh, you know, people think I have probably more power and more influence than I do. But the the good news about working here is that the titles, you know, I'd be lying if I said they didn't mean something. But the titles are just, uh, you know, they're just kind of the the hierarchy pecking order i guess yeah it it doesn't like we all get a voice yeah i i don't feel any less or more heard because of the title i i got the chance to um you know give input right away that was one of the things i loved about working with the bananas and and still love about it honestly
0: yeah so i I got a unique chance for the last couple years to cover just about every one of the bananas home games in some form or fashion um and i can speak to that like on game day, and especially you know when I would get here around six o'clock first seven uh, and we 're recording at Grayson Stadium right now, when I would get here like around six o'clock for seven o'clock first pitch, anyone that works for the bananas like you don't know what their title is or you know what they're doing at the moment, but you can guarantee they're doing something and they're doing it fast and it's frantic and so i like i'd just be strolling in like with a coffee heading to the press box like taking my time and then all these bananas employees just running everywhere a thousand people outside in a line so it's crazy here on game days i wanted to ask you obviously with coronavirus and everything going on how have you guys and, and you guys have announced with the cpl that you're going to start july 1st how have you guys uh i guess reacted and been working toward that july 1st date since that announcement happened like what, what's been y'all's number one thing to get ready for
1: Sure. So, like most like most companies, we got to work from home for a while. Uh we all for about 7 weeks, I think, maybe even more, we worked from home and you know, we just put a huge emphasis on uh once a day we'd all get on a call together and just share wins. And so we tried to keep the positivity going and we tried to basically up our content like we tried to double our content output if we're not gonna be quote-unquote selling and I right. say that in quotes because we try not to sell we try to just provide things people want to buy yeah. that's our whole sales philosophy um, so we tried to just like if we can't go out and sell because people are uncertain about what's gonna be happening we might as well try to entertain them we might as well try to you know ramp up you know and test some of these other ideas that we've never been able to uh, it wasn't the right time so to speak yeah. there's no you know, there's no wrong time during all this stuff. You just pump stuff out and see what sticks. So we doubled, tripled our content output and we started being forced to lean on technology more. We being Grayson, you know, being an old stadium, uh, we've kind of kept with traditional physical tickets. We've Ripped tickets at the gate, as opposed to uh, going selling out for digital and stuff like that. And yeah, now, that's true. I never thought about it. And so now we're kind of being forced to uh, lean in on technology, and we're we're learning that it can be an advantage for us. Right. Uh, we are, uh, you know, leaning in on subscription services that will stream our games. We're leaning in on extra behind the scenes uh, content that will be behind a paywall. We're looking at creative ways to work with people and and provide value. If they can't come to the game, Um, obviously we're really excited to be able to start on July the 1st, but it's going to come with some limitations as well. We're going to have to cut capacity over half, uh, which means we had already sold more tickets than that. So we had to refund people. We refunded several, you know, dozens of thousands of dollars because people deserve their money back if they can't come. And we don't want to get into the situation like Major League Baseball is in right now where fans are going to social media being like, why can't I get my money back? Yeah. Uh, so we tried to head all that stuff off and be very, uh, very open and honest and transparent and send money back the moment someone told us they wanted it.
0: How long ago did y'all, did y'all, were y'all
1: sold out for the entire season? Or- no, we were on pace to sell out this year before opening day. I mean, though. you were gonna yeah. sell out probably before opening day. We were on pace too. I never want to like. I never want to say we absolutely were because it's yeah. always been a, like a, a joking goal for us on the sales staff inside the bananas. It's like, yeah, we're gonna sell out before opening day. We're gonna sell. That was always like the the like if we hit that, that's the mountaintop. It's sort of a running joke, but
0: like, at the pace of how we're going, you see, I mean, it was. We were. We gonna we're gonna
1: happen if not this season, like probably next season. I mean, it's gonna happen at some point. We were at about seventy five percent sold out. Uh, when all this started in in early March, and so that's crazy. We had time, yeah. We we were on pace to do it, and then we stopped completely. We didn't sell a ticket for like three, like two months because we didn't want. You just any- went in limbo, like you weren't refunding. You weren't. No, well, we would refund on like upon request, but right. we were also encouraging people. Hey, let's like let this play out. You have our promise. We're gonna have your back, and if you need this money back at any point, boom, you're super proactive. Yeah, we yeah. we wanted people to know that. I mean. I, again, I, I feel like a broken record whenever we say this, but like fans first, period. That is the filter we run everything through. There is no other, well, fans first if it makes us money and if we can remain profitable. It's like, no, like fans first to a fault. Yeah, that, and I,
0: I've talked to uh, Jesse and Jared about that before. Uh, you know, that fans first thing, At some, like sometimes I guess there is a fault to that. Uh, you know, I don't like know of one off the top of my head, but I'm saying like you guys are so loyal to that one filter and everything that comes out of bananas is through that. And that's, what's wild about this whole situation with coronavirus, Uh, not just you guys, but baseball in general is going to, I mean, baseball is going to be forced to look, really look at itself in the mirror and decide whether or not it's go. If you can't advance some way during this thing, or if you can't clean up uh, some perceived problems in the game, pace of play or, you know, whatever it might be, then something's up because this is, like you said, this is the time to try all that. Um, for, for those listening that uh, are hoping to come to Savannah Bananas games this year, uh, I don't want to go too deep into this, but what would you say to someone that has tickets for games this year? Um, how, how will their experience right now, when we record this in late May, how will their experience be different at the stadium, like logistically, like coming sure. into the
1: Without going into too awful many details about like CDC regulations, like we're probably going to have like some things that they're changing so rapidly. They're not worth speaking on quite this second, but on a larger scale, number one, we cut capacity by over 50%. And like, that's huge because that allows us to let households and families and people who are already in close proximity to space six feet apart. Now, every single person doesn't have to space apart it's groups of people who are already in close contact. Right. For example, me and my family come, we're sitting together, but there'll be six feet of separation between my family and the family beside us. Right. So we had to cut capacity drastically to allow that to happen. So that's the biggest one. Another thing that we're uh, we're very close to being able to execute, and I, I feel pretty confident it's going to happen, is mobile ordering. Meaning you can order something without standing in line around people. You can order it. At the stadium. At the stadium, on your phone, get a notification when it's ready, and just go pick it up at a window and keep it moving. Um, we That's awesome. are we are adjusting with all you can eat stuff, meaning that multiple hands won't be touching. Like you won't be able to reach in and grab your own hot dog. Everything will be served in you know gloved mask. Like we obviously are having to use all the same regulations as restaurants, food, uh, anything like that. But the biggest thing, honestly, is that 50% reduction. I mean, that's going to allow us to space people out in a safe manner. And, you know, straightforwardly, if anyone cancels like a reserved seat at this point, they don't, we don't refill that seat because that creates a little more space for people to be a little more comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the on-field stuff is going to be weird. Like in Major League Baseball, I don't know, you know, how you feel about this, but the high-fiving, the sunflower seeds, uh, you know... The uh, six feet of separation in the dugout between the players—that is going to be super hard to regulate in Major League Baseball. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. And I know you guys will get mandates from the CPL and, and kind of, you know, a little list of things of you know ways to help our ways to do that. But that's going to be weird too because no one is more, uh, no roster is more involved in the moment to moment. Uh, you know, performance than sure. Savannah Banana's roster, so
1: that's going to be different with the players too. Sure, and I mean we're going to have to make adjustments. Period. That, yeah, that will not carry back over year over year. Some of those adjustments may include some of the promotions where players are physically in the stands may have to be nixed for a while. Yeah, like we're going to make adjustments like that. Uh, we know that our fans will have a little grace with us and understand why those adjustments may have to be made. You know, maybe they can't, you know, go up and hug a bananas player like they have in the past after a game. Maybe they can't go get that high five from the bananas player. Uh, maybe the bananas players themselves do have to space out. We're, we're, again, we're just kind of waiting on those uh, those last minute. Uh, hey, you got to abide by these things, which will also probably change during the season. Yeah, um, and things are changing so fast at this point that. You know, we have meet and we are together constantly talking about what we need to be aware of. And so we're all aware of it, but there's really no re- reason to act on all of it. Like, for yeah. example, I don't know if they're going to make our players space six feet apart yet. So there's no reason for me to extend a dugout net down to the bullpen. Or start and, even thinking about Or that start kind of thinking about area. that until I know. And so we're just going to wait and figure out where we're at two, three weeks out from the first game and execute what we need to execute then and adjust as we go. I mean... Of all the teams that I know of, we're probably the best suited to adjust on the fly. It's kind of our entire thing. Like, yeah. with Jesse at the helm and, and Jared right there and Emily, like, we like we probably are more poised to thrive during this chaotic time than most teams. And, I mean, I feel very fortunate to be uh, a part of a team that can thrive during these weird times. Yeah.
0: And, obviously, the, you know, the Savannah Bananas brand is already, you know, well embedded in Savannah's – culture already, I think. And especially like during the summer, it's kind of a rite of passage already. And it's crazy to think like that. Like, it feels like you guys have been here for so long. Um, I want to ask you a couple more things uh, quickly, just banana specific. Um, The Unpeeled podcast that you've been doing. uh, So I I know that you guys had the Unpeeled podcast last year. um, And I'll let you give the correct name and and plug it or whatever. But uh, you've now taken over that uh with a partner and kind of been doing that in the off season and you're going to do that i'm assuming during the season what is, what's that been like because when we started this hot grits podcast like i'd done podcasting before but i'd never done it you know obviously remotely has, has been very difficult and then with the lack of you know obvious content there's no sports right now and so that's been tough for me like every week or every two weeks trying to find content what's it been like for you on the podcast, is it, is it like that? Are you learning like every week something? Yeah, you know, I mean, right?
1: straightforwardly, man. I'm just I'm just now learning all this stuff. I, I'm not a podcast expert by any means, but luckily I do have Jesse and, and even Jared to a slightly lesser degree who have done more and have been able to offer some instruction and stuff. For us, the number one thing was coming up with a format right off the bat that wasn't bananas or baseball dependent, meaning we do banana bites at the beginning of the show and I talk about what's relevant for the bananas, and then we talk about three normal topics as if we're just like we're just normal dudes. We're normal guys. And I do this with uh, Bico Scala. Uh, you can find him on uh, Twitter. I believe it's at Rico uh, Biko Suave. Anyway, yeah. Bico worked at MLB Network, so he brought a ton to the table as well. And Bico is going to be our broadcaster this year. Uh, so we came up with a format that wasn't completely dependent on just talking about what the bananas were doing or the baseball world. We we mention it. We talk about. The things that matter, yeah. but we also talk about you know the last <laughs> dance, and we talk about uh, the mountain breaking the world deadlift record. We talk about yeah, right. all kind of crap, because that's what we all talk about at the water cooler with our friends anyway, and uh, one thing that I'm learning is you can try your hardest to make a podcast for, specifically for other people, but if you don't enjoy it and you don't love it, yeah. no one else is going to, and so... I'll be honest, half the time, we make those things for us. We, we do what we think would be fun to talk about. We do what we think would be fun to jam on a little bit. And then we throw in you know, some, some textbook bananas wackiness. We let our new director of entertainment, Trevor Trout, who is absolutely wild, we let him do a segment every week called Wild Pitch, where he tries to sell us on a new idea. Yeah. Some of these may or may not happen around the park this year. And people that listen to the podcast are going to maybe get a you know a, a, a glimpse at some of these like before – I mean we literally do not hear the pitch before he gives it to us on the podcast. That
0: comes across on the podcast yeah. because I've listened to a lot of y'all's episodes. I think every episode that you've done so far. A lot of the unpeeled episodes in general and that comes across. It's super organic during yeah. – especially during that segment. Um, we
1: don't try to fake it. We don't try – it's not
0: hyperproduced. Because people will see through that. That's what I think at least like yeah, if it's not organic like – People will not, they're not going to, you know, suffer through something that's fake or right
1: enforced. Like, and they're then, just not going to do it. And then the last part of that podcast is that we try to talk to somebody interesting. Somebody that Banana Nation will, will know or at least like... Or they should know, it, or should know, or find yeah. value from. For example, we talked to you know John Gant recently, major league pitcher who's from Savannah and pitched for the Sand Nats. Got a lot of good response from that because a lot of people got to see John pitch for the Sand Nats.
0: Yeah, I was here on the grounds crew when John was. Yeah, pitching and he's Savannah.
1: such a nice guy. Like John is so super nice, guy, such yeah. a cool dude. Uh, and he, we only met him because you know he needed a place to come throw some bullpens during all this coronavirus stuff. And so talked to the grounds crew at Grayson, and they were like. Absolutely. Tell him to throw in the big mound. We'll fix it. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Because they want to support one another. And like I thought that was awesome. But then also we talked to local marketing director for B burgers because they're a local business. And we have no technical sponsorship or affiliation with them at all. Right. Shout out Laura Laura Scullman. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Laura skullman Just just trying to like let some let another local uh business, you know, get some get some light as well and talk. And like I'm gonna keep bringing local business owners and marketing directors and stuff like that on because they provide value and they can they can help me get better at my yeah. job and help us get better as well and maybe maybe we can help them too. I mean, it's a conversation, not a produced piece. So right. that's what I try to make, get out of it.
0: That's what and that's what I said in our first episode uh, was that I'm doing this selfishly like for like therapeutic reasons. Like I do it for like to get things off my mind or, or to say things that I could have said before in a
1: column or in reporting that I now can't and, say. Any. And we know that if you get too trigger happy on Twitter, that man <laughs> can go south real yeah, quick. Yeah. I do have a habit of doing
0: that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Hey, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you though, is your, is at, was it at Barry Aldridge 21? Yes, sir. Hit me up. Yeah. Uh, Barry's annual Twitter awards have been a source of, uh, motivation for me the last two years. Yep. Uh, I got a little nominee action this year. I was super stoked about that. Yeah. Um, I, I Like, I, it's sort of a joke, I guess, but uh I thought it was interesting when you did
1: that two two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, I did start- it two years ago just, like, as a joke. I was home for two weeks for Christmas, and, like, I The remember, reaction was stupid, though. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> All my friends were, like, super into it, and they gave acceptance speeches on Twitter and crap like that. <laughs> and so now I'm like, well, crap, now I've got to do it again. And, like... L- I actually do have a note on my phone where I like go in and add people throughout the year. Yeah, like, you have to like, right? yo, they're really funny. Like, and, and like straightforwardly, it's super biased. It's what's my humor. It's for what sure. I think. I'm not like judging anybody on a real metric, but I just think it's funny. So if you think you've got what it takes, follow me. I'll follow back, and uh, you know maybe <laughs> you'll be maybe you'll be one of my top five tweeters of the year. I, I usually nominate about ten. And yeah. So
0: like, dude, just the nominee though. Special perks come with that. I mean, I got the red carpet treatment just for being a nominee. um but look i wanted to say one thing about that you did say something like in you know in your criteria or whatever there was a bunch of funny stuff but there were some things in there that i thought were interesting like uh tolerant of other people's opinions that aren't like stuff like that on twitter and especially you guys at the bananas get this a lot i'm sure baseball twitter is so uh you know, like rigid, new it, school, old school, right. And what's right. And what's wrong. What's black. And what's right. What's white. And you guys playing baseball in kilts doing all this stuff, uh, you know, like there is no black and white with you guys. It's whatever y'all want through that fans first thing. And I just thought that was super interesting to have that take about being tolerant of other people's opinions. I got to remind myself of that on I'll, Twitter sometimes.
1: I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you one little, uh, one little thing that I think is super interesting about the whole new school, old school in baseball we obviously are, like, planted our flag pretty strongly on the new school. Like, have fun, let the kids play, that whole movement. That being said, we've won the most games since we've been in the league. We've had yeah. the most draft picks. I wrote about that a bunch of times. Like, like, the fact that you guys won we win. at such a high level. We win crazy. a lot. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you know about this, but Dr. Curtis Sproul at Georgia Southern heard, yeah. heard Jesse speak. And Jesse said something like, oh, yeah, you know, Jesse says a lot of stuff. And Jesse goes... The players play better for us than they would anywhere else. And Curtis is like, i eh, yeah, I'm testing it. I'm testing it. That can't be right." And he had a business class at Georgia Southern. And yeah, it was, I think it was like statistics, business statistics or maybe just statistics. And he goes, "Now, nah, I'm going to prove that wrong." And so he had his class, their their project for the semester was they tracked every single D1 player, legit scientific study, in like our yeah. entire league and said and, and didn't compare them versus one another, compared them against themselves. So it's like it's it's completely unbiased. Right. It's Travis Jordan college stats versus Travis Jordan summer stats. Right. And the only team to show a positive correlation for no reason apparent no apparent reason other than the team they played for was the Savannah Bananas. And pitching, hitting, across the board, every single athlete was was t- was like every single D1 athlete was uh put on the microscope like that. So fun fact, he's coming back, and he is doing it again this year for our team because he still almost can't believe it. That's awesome.
0: I, I'll be honest with you, Barry like I still don't nec- I, like, I don't know if I buy into that because like you got it's not like the bananas players like I feel like this might be one of the more misunderstood things about the bananas players is that they're all all these players are brought in, and you know, they're brought in from these like really small colleges and they're not you know, great players, they're kind of overlooked. A lot of these players are really, 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 really good baseball players, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not like there's a bunch of scrubs coming in. And then you got a guy like Tyler Gillum, the head coach, who was like, I, I mean, he must have been built for this job. Like, he is the perfect He's guy amazing. in this role. And you guys were rolling through people last year uh, for large stretches of time. Um, and it's home in a way. That's another thing that, like, You could argue that pitcher stats get better at Grayson Stadium because of the big dimensions, but it's hitters and batters. It's home and away. It's crazy. And so that, yeah, that study is definitely, wow, I remember seeing that last year. All right, I wanted to do a couple more things with you, Barry, and then we'll let you go. Um, You played baseball at Armstrong, which is now um, uh, the, was it affiliated? I don't even know how to officially say that. It's with Georgia Southern University now. But you were there when it was Armstrong State University, shout out Pirates, uh uh quickly your career numbers though. I wanted to just say that your career numbers are sick. Your junior year was nasty though. Uh ninety-six career games, three thirty-seven career average, four oh three OBP. Uh five stolen bases, four hey. caught stealing. Hey. So that shows you Hidden stayed. runs, yeah. hit yeah. runs, Those yeah, are yeah, runs. It the <laughs> <laughs> stayed aggressive, not a great percentage, but uh, I gotta ask you this, dude. Junior year three ninety-two, four thirty-four OBP. Seven double plays. You grounded into seven double plays. What happens when you hit the ball hard? How do you ground into seven double plays in one season? I think number it was six one,
1: year career before that. Number one, you hit it hard. Number two, you're really slow. <laughs> and I am both of those things. I am absolutely both of those things. Uh, one note about the 392. That number pissed me off a lot because I went into the conference tournament at 419 and was like, I'm legit gonna hit 400 for a college season. I was so pumped because, like, I had no illusions of being some great player. I, I wanted to play college baseball. That was my goal. Yeah. All through middle and high school, like, I knew who I was. I'm 5'8, 200 pounds. I mean,
0: you like, hit over 300 the year
1: before, but, like, that, yeah, junior, but like, that junior year, you had. I, like, I, I played with guys in the PBC that had hit 400 and I wasn't one of them. Like, yeah. Just straightforwardly, like, the PBC was so full of talent for D2. Um, and I was just like, "Just had a good year." Yeah, like right. I just had a great year. Everything kind of worked out, fell together, and then I went to the conference tournament, got five hits, and my average dropped thirty points. That's crazy. I was so mad. I was You're so like, mad. Dude, "Can I get? Can I get an off day or something?" Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it worked out. I was really fortunate. I uh, the I asked another player, actually Clint Hardy, one time. Uh, I asked Clint, uh, "Hey man, what do other teams say about me?" Because every player wonders that. You got to get your own scouting report. Yeah, and sure. I asked Clint that when he was a banana after I was done. And he, like, jokingly said, oh, man, nobody ever did more with less. And that, that, like, phrase has now come to sum up my athletic career. And, like, you can say... T- Here lies can,
0: Barry Aldrich. You can say that it's
1: a backhanded compliment all you want, but 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 internally, that lets me know, like, I got the most out of my body. I got the most out, yeah. out of what I could get.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe no one else could have gotten five steals and four caught ceilings.
1: Right. It's all about how you look at it, okay? It's all about how you look at it.
0: Do you ever think about... If you could have played, uh, like, if you were playing at Armstrong and you were uh, forced to play under the conditions that Bananas players play under, and there's a lot of positives out of it, but a lot of guys yeah, can shy away from that. Like, I couldn't play, like, we did that all-star game here last year. I, I It's incredible what these guys do leading up to the game, and then you got to go get four A-Bs against a guy that's probably sitting on 90. Mm-hmm. Like... Could you have done what these guys do when you were playing baseball? Like, could you have played in kilts? Could you have, you know, signed autographs or, or handed out programs and stuff before the game Like and then gone and caught?
1: I could have done some of it. I could not have been Bill Leroy, though. Like, Bill Leroy yeah. is the epitome of the banana. He is the, I want to play every day. I'll 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 catch naked if you want me to. Yeah. I will hug every kid, sign every autograph. I'll do anything and everything. He is the epitome. I couldn't have been. And he can perform on the field. Great catcher. I couldn't have done that. I, at that time of my life, was more of a baseball purist. And, like, I still love baseball. I'm still a baseball quote-unquote purist. But like Yeah, I think I am too, but, yeah, like, but like, I find myself veering towards that. Like, yeah, baseball. like, I also just had never seen it in this light before, like, I, the only guys I knew that like, quote unquote, had a lot of fun were showboaty types. And that's not really what we're doing Yeah, that's here. true. And so like, I just, my se, if I had seen what the bananas were doing and been around it, yeah, I think I could have been doing it. But had you asked me what I would have preferred, I would have absolutely said, no, I want to be more serious. And yeah. no, I want to, like, I wasn't a big rah-rah guy. I, I always thought that a good baseball player was even keel. And not up-down. Whereas Gillum's whole approach is like, hey, flip, the, be able to flip the switch. Right. Be good enough and be focused enough that you can go make a memory for some kid and change their life and then go up and have a locked-in at-bat. And so, like, he is – I can't – I really genuinely can't say enough good things about Gillum because he not only teaches the fundamentals and the mechanics and the, like, X's and O's of the game really well. That dude is probably one of the more forward-thinking mental coaches I've ever been around. Yeah. And and that is how our players benefit from him even more so than the technical. Learning how to think the way that a successful person in general thinks and right. be positive and focus and lock in and get you know get 1% better every day. Like he he does such an amazing job getting guys in the right headspace.
0: Yeah. And that's what's interesting about Banana's head coach Tyler Gillum is that he, you know when I first met him it's pretty apparent pretty immediately, that he is a, a baseball guy. Like, I mean, this guy knows his stuff and he is super passionate about the game. Like uh, like to the level where, you know, some guys are like baseball nerds, like they're just obsessed. Like he's basically to that level, but it's it's about things that are bigger than just like, you know, how you take a secondary lead or something like that. It's about like where you're at mentally for those nine innings, the half hour before the nine innings start, the half hour after, and he has such an ability to like be present and all that. I mean, I think him and really the that entire coaching staff of Fox and Larimer, like those guys, were sort of perfectly built. I thought.
1: I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah. And and also like not to skip over year one and two. Shout out to Sean West, amazing coaching. Yeah. Part. Like I and those teams were probably better, dude. Those those teams were yeah, I mean, really good. Like. They were – I mean, yeah, just about every team we've ever had has been top of the division. And, like, yeah, shout-out Sean West, too. I, like, I can't ever skip by without saying something about him as well because, like, at least Tyler knew what he was getting into from day one. Like, Sean had to, like, roll with the punches day one and, like, realize and, like, help build what this is. God, I can't imagine that. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, all right, one more thing,
0: Barry. Last question. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Grayson Stadium, where you guys play – is super historic and it's a interesting backdrop for what you guys are doing here. I've always thought that kind of paradox between old school Grayson Stadium. I mean, it doesn't get more old school than Grayson Stadium. It really doesn't get more advanced and new school or new age of thinking than the bananas. Do you ever think about that? That that you know what the facilities at Grayson Stadium and you know it might not be as spacious in the clubhouse and all that kind of thing as some of the newer stadiums. But do you ever think about some of the players that have came through here, like the legendary baseball players that have came through here and that you're able to come to work every day at Grayson Stadium. Like that's that always has been something that I've
1: thought about. I'd be lying if I said there weren't times I took it for granted. I mean yeah I think anybody would if they came every day. But yeah, man, like it's impossible not to think about that sometimes because I mean we honor them. We have them up on our walls. We have a concourse with, you know, five or six famous players we had like Barry Bon not Barry Ponds, I apologize. Uh Babe Ruth, uh, you know, Dale Murphy and Jackie Robinson. Like we yeah. we, we do try to like honor them and highlight the history of Grayson. Uh we're working on a project right now where we're putting a timeline out in left field that honors the teams that came before us. People think that we had, you know, have something against the teams that came before us and stuff. You know, they did it this way, they couldn't read Yeah, that's one of the other misnomers. Like, that's yeah, it's like couldn't I couldn't be further from the truth. I don't care at all that the Sand Nats couldn't fill it out. Like I'm I'm selfishly glad they couldn't because I got to work this amazing job now. But like right. I came to games, I supported them. Yeah. I I emailed them asking for you know, hey, can I come in and chat? And like I would love to know how you got into baseball. Like I got nothing against them and like we want to honor what came before us. That being said, like if you fight change, if you consistently fight change and just bog yourself down, you're going to fail. I just I genuinely believe that. And yeah. so like I don't see the disconnect between old school and new school. Yeah. I just see a I just see progression. I just yeah. see there's nothing that says we can't honor the past but look to the future, like, and that's where I think we as an organization, like, that's where we've planted our flag. Is yeah, we love this old school. We have no intention, like, we we wanted to sign a hundred year lease here. Like, mm. we absolutely will stay here forever. Yeah. Don't care about a brand new stadium. We just want to make cool little adjustments around it to keep it, you know, keep it hospitable. Yeah. But man, we love this place, and we want to we want to stay here, and we want to continue pushing the ball forward. Well, it's been, you know, as someone that. You know, covered
0: and spent a lot of time like looking at the bananas and and what you guys do on and off the field. It's been remarkable to see the way Savannah and you guys have embraced each other um, and the product. And I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do this summer. I'm sure it's going to be more wild than last summer. And I I can't imagine saying that last summer as crazy as things were. Um, Do you want to plug your podcast, let people know how to find it? Um, and then shout out your Twitter name one more time.
1: Yeah, so the, the Twitter name is at Barry Aldridge21, and that's Barry like a strawberry, folks. B-E-R-R-Y, not, B, <laughs> not B-A. Common, a common mistake. Veteran, um,
0: veteran move there. Yep,
1: and then uh, the podcast is Bananas Unpeeled. You can find that literally anywhere you got podcasts. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, whatever. Um, and then the last thing I want to plug is Bananas Insider, we have a streaming service coming out soon through Facebook. We got lucky, and Facebook's letting us be a beta tester for it. Um, we're going to be having all home games on it, docu-series, uh, behind-the-scenes, different camera angles, interviews during games. Like I'm talking a baseball broadcast like you've literally never seen it. It is, yeah. it is completely wild. And so it's $4.99 a month. And so you get 30 games our whole season for 10 bucks. Yeah, which is wild. Which is wild. Um, so, and that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, it's a year round subscription. You will get content year round that no one else gets. So, go to the dot com slash bananas insider. You can join the waiting list for that. Uh, we're launching June twenty third. But you can go ahead and subscribe to that now and and be. Because or- it's because it's on Facebook, we will have to send a link for it for like you to like make that payment and then get into it right. almost like registered for. you can go ahead and uh, join our waiting list. Basically, okay. you're just giving us your email so that we can let you know when it's live.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm gonna
1: do that for sure, Barry, and I'm sure our listeners
0: will too. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, Jeff.